0: Hey everybody, how are you doing? Welcome to another episode of the In The Paint podcast, episode 167, season six, number two of the new school year, 23-24. How are you guys doing, Audie and Chelsea? Appreciate you guys being on with me as usual. We're going to really get into it. We're going to try to go a little hard today and, and see how everything's going.
1: Yeah, man, I'm, it's been good. I've been traveling a lot. Uh, was Just sure. in L.A., I was in your side of town, guys. Oh, y'all in Vegas, but still, like, I'm in the West Coast. Yeah. Sure. I'm just glad to be back here in Central Time Zone. At least I know what time is it is. I'm not confused. How about you, Chelsea?
2: I am doing amazing. I saw the Queen last night. If y'all don't know who the Queen is, that is the one and only Beyonce. So she was in Vegas. Uh, she did two shows, two nights in a row, Saturday and Sunday. And I had the opportunity to see her Sunday. I had floor seats. She was amazing. So I'm a little tired this morning from being out all night, but I made it and I'm ready to talk some hoops.
0: Yeah. Before we talk some hoops, let's let's do a little hot take here. Um on these artists, and just like greatness. Obviously, Beyonce is one of the best performing artists. Uh and like sales-wise and and popular in the whole the whole nine yards stage presence, but like. Is there any relation to that in, in sports, like a person who can seem great, but just doesn't have it, like doesn't have the stage presence? Is there, so who are your like, Chelsea, give me your top two performers and your top two favorite artists. And is it one and the same?
2: Uh, well, Beyonce is absolutely the top of the list for me. Um, I give you two reasons. And, and yeah. if you want to make the sports comparison, uh, it's longevity alone. Like okay. Beyonce's been in the game for 25 years. We've seen Beyonce go up against pretty much everybody um, and for her to just remain this consistent, this dominant. And, you know, my mom went to the show last night. She's never been to a Beyonce concert. Mm-hmm. And I have been to every Beyonce concert since I've been a professional and made my own money. Sure, um, And it's a total the total production and show itself is like, you know, above and beyond. Forget being a super Beyonce fan, if you go look at my story, if you go look on Twitter and just seeing the production of her show, it's a total like outfit change, dancers, you know, it's a total performance. And so I think anybody, even if you're not a crazy Beyonce fan can just appreciate that. And like I said, just to be able to stay relevant for 25 years or relevant in anything for a long time is amazing. So she is at the top of the list for me and I compare her to LeBron who is my goat of longevity. And it just makes perfect sense. Um, I've had the chance to see a lot of people perform live. Um, You know, another person at the top of my list is Chris Brown, another person at the top of my list would probably be Usher, who I also saw this summer. Um, You can give him a a longevity uh, award as well, just being relevant uh, for so long and just having the ability to sing and dance and stuff all night, like I think, that's what people kind of um, not take for granted, but but it's hard. Like, yeah. you know, well, better. better. Usher or Chris Brown? <laughs> I, I give Chris Brown the slight edge, no but people, you know, know, talked about Usher and Chris Brown maybe doing a versus battle, and and I think Chris Brown has way more songs, but I think wow. uh, Usher has more classic
0: hits. Like, Usher has more hits that are popular. I mm-hmm. think. I don't so know why. you feel the same, audience Does Usher sure have more hits than Chris Brown? Is yeah, cool. I mean,
1: he just been around longer, but yeah, like I would say, performance-wise, I've yeah. actually been to both. Mm-hmm. I would give for me Usher. Usher was a better mm-hmm. performance for me. Uh, I would say one performance I was really high level was like Silk Sonic. I went to that one.
2: Really?
1: Uh Like that is kind of like. They're not the goat, right? But like, they're like Blake Griff- Griffin in his prime, right? Like, yeah, he's yeah. just one of those like you, know, you just enjoy it while that time's going on. So, uh, I would say them for me. Like, I I gone to a couple concerts like J Cole and Kendrick Lamar. Like, yeah. uh, those for me have been like the with that silks on have been the best performances I I've, I've seen. And obviously, like when it comes to hip hop, like they're up there as well,
0: no doubt. No doubt. Yeah, I just wanted to get you guys' take on that. I guess the only thing I thought about, because somebody was mentioning the bars recently to me, and obviously they're a little bit older than you guys listen to all the time probably, but like,
2: they're really good
0: singers. I mean, there's what, there was five in the, the main group and there was like 10 family members and a lot of them can sing, almost all of them can sing. But then when they get on stage, they're not, you know, they're not Beyonce. They're not Michael Jackson, you know, they're just good singers. So it's going, to me, it's like almost like Clyde Drexler. You know, <laughs> like he's. right <one> <laughs> you get up against Michael Jordan, it's like no, he's not Michael Jordan. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. Like, yeah. So that's what I kind of want to bring it up. But yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of artists. We don't not want to spend much time. I just thought it'd be funny because you just recently went to the to the Beyonce concert. She'd obviously be at the top of a lot of people's list. They're being honest, right? So uh, yeah, that's where we talk about today a little bit. Just uh, uh, I just bring up Clyde Drexler, I'm bringing up uh, you know how a player good how how players uh are good meaning like how good they were we look back and obviously we're not going back to Clyde Drexler's uh class but we're going to look back some recent classes and talk about why players hit and miss Mm -hmm. and and I thought about Clyde Drexler because he wasn't McDonald's All-American but Clyde was like really really good and he was a star at the University of Houston but uh some people thought he was going to be really good and then others were like no he just kind of uh you know, not that highly recruited. Uh, other schools didn't really get on him. You know, he wasn't recruited by the blue bloods of the worlds at that time. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Just uh, why players miss maybe because we're always talking about the uh, positive attributes and uh, great players right on at an event or not. Chelsea, we always talking about that, you know. Uh, But we want to give maybe reasons why and maybe some of the people who are listening to the podcast each week can say, "Okay, I I can get with that why a player misses. And there's obviously a bunch of reasons, but we'll get into that a little bit. But is there anything else out there you guys thought of, uh, you know, in the last week or so that that's uh, just crazy news or it's just kind of it's kind of an easy transition right now? It's a lot of baseball. And then we're going to get into, you know, obviously training camps and 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 uh, the season.
2: Yeah, well, I, I want to just continue to encourage our listeners uh, to dive into the WNBA. Like I know this is a you know grassroots pod. We talk a lot about NBA a little bit. You know, I touch on WNBA, but WNBA is in full swing. It's been one of the most competitive seasons they've had in a really long time, from top to bottom. Uh, we're we're going we're hitting the home stretch. Everybody has you know five six games left, and and the playoff race is really tight, especially for. Uh, the top eight teams make the playoffs. There's three teams that are locked in already, but the playoff race is really tight. There's amazing games pretty much happening every day. Even today, um, the New York Liberty and the Aces will face off for the last uh, regular season um, meetup against the two. And this is the number one and the number two team uh, in, in the league. So, you know, uh, if, if you're not a fan or if you're on the fence fan, today would be a perfect opportunity to, to, to watch a great game with, some of the, you know, superstar players in our league. And, you know, I'm just going to keep being an advocate because it, it, it's great hoops, and, and you guys should get into it.
0: For sure. No doubt, Chelsea. As, again, as we're shooting on Monday, August 28th, we appreciate everybody being with us. We're, we'll, we'll get into it a little bit more, but maybe we'll do a short. So make sure you check out our In the Paint Overtime. We'll just, uh, you know, we have a little uh, topics that maybe don't fit the show. We're, 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 we're speeding the show along, keeping it moving. We'll try to keep it under an hour or close to an hour. Uh, instead of going on and on, we like we me and Ani we talked about uh, elite twenty four rainouts mm-hmm. that, that happened. You know, uh, two of them different happened. So make sure you go check out that on the Balls Live Podcast Network in the paint overtime where we just have a little bit more tidbits notes and maybe Chelsea will will t- pick up a topic there. But we'll just jump into our main topic again. We wanted to talk about scouting evaluation, why players make it, why players miss. It. Ani, I guess my first question would be just. Uh, is missing, like, why a player oh, missed. Is that the same as uh, why a player did a lot better than than expected? Or is that still considered a miss? Or is that a completely different topic? Like, I guess the number one guy would be Steph Curry, right? I mean, right. did we all miss on him? Or is it nobody missed because nobody got it right?
1: Yeah, I think everyone missed on him. I mean, who would uh? Who would have have thought he would be who he is and everything? I mean, no one – everyone just missed. Like, there's no way you're – other than his family, like, his own blood, that would think that he'd be the all-time three-point maker in NBA history. Like, he'd be the best shooter in the NBA. Like, no one seen him out of high school thinking that, right? Now, I watched high school stuff on him. Like, okay, yeah, he probably was – borderline I th- I, to me i felt like he was a high major kid but we didn't value shooting like that like to like the, now that now we do t- uh today but i was like yeah he's a high major kid like i think if he played now like in a, coming out of high school he would have high major recruitment uh, in my opinion Interesting. just because of how well he shoots, we see guys like him in that pro maybe not steph but like in that kind of play style that are going high major because of guys like steph curry you see what i'm saying like I, I definitely think he would got high major recruitment in today's age where we really value shooting.
2: So, so I want to ask you guys when, when you talk about missing breakdown for you know our viewers like some of the guys that we're going to talk about today still are you know they were top draft picks they they made it in the WNBA. So when you talk about missing, are you really just talking about what they were basically able to accomplish and how good they became? Because I feel like if you make it to the NBA, you didn't miss. Because it's a you know it's it's yeah. hard to get there. So
1: I, I I think when you look at from a national scope, when you look at guys that are top five in the country, yes, they're NBA guys, but you're also looking at them as guys that are contributors in the NBA team or borderline all-star or starter level guys. I don't think you would list someone that was top five in a in a national level. And Ronnie, you can chime in on that, like that is like a market (laughs) smart, right? That contributing for a championship level team, that's a double digit per game score. Uh, That's someone that, you know, maybe he will never make an all-star team, but he's someone that is going to be a starter for any NBA team. You know, that to me is where you look at, it's like tiers of where they're ranked at. Um, If someone's a top 60 kid and make it to the NBA, you don't say, oh, like, you you know, like you may miss the other way around. Maybe you didn't think you'd be a one and done, right? <laughs> or something like that. It just depends on where the ranking is and just how it all ends up. I think if someone's like, if you're top five, honestly, top five to ten and you make it to the NBA and you flame out, like, that's not why you were ranked top ten. <laughs> gotcha. okay. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there was a higher, you were projected higher than that. So that there's tears there's to it depending on what you're right. So Ronnie, what's your thoughts?
0: Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm with you there. If you're a top five guy, most people think you're going to stick in the NBA, be a starter. Yeah. Okay. Right. So, uh, maybe it's the expectation level. Maybe some of it's unfair, Chelsea, to your point as an athlete coming in from an athlete's perspective. Um, you know, again, the, the, the girls are not talked about as much in terms of their ranking. Uh, maybe because there's way less spots and it's much more difficult You know, um, to stick and make it. Obviously, we talk about first round picks getting cut, which is pretty insane. But, um, you know, I've seen some girls and it's like seems like the greatest girls are really good. Mm -hmm. You know, like what the you know, the ways that come to mind are obviously three names that come to mind are, are, are Cheryl Miller. Diana Tarasi and Maya Moore like people expected them to be number one type players and great Nobody. players and they were so Chelsea if like Maya Moore was just a fringe WNBA player would she be a bust I would compare to how good we saw her and in, in her like Nike National stuff I would think most people would be like wow like she didn't you know make it great are you like no she she's making a pro she's making money you guys she's still very good.
2: No, I I get that. And I agree. The expectations for certain players going in are are really high. But I just think when you get down, I I don't really when I'm having this conversation, I'm not thinking about the players, with the expectations that we know are supposed to be there. You know what I mean? But I'm talking about, you know, just there's a lot more role players in the WNBA or NBA than there is star players. So when you get down to some of these role players, if they're able to have a long NBA career, somebody like a Margaret Smart, who's never going to be an All Star, or you know, but still, like you said, has value um, in the league, is going to play, you know, a decade plus in the WNBA. I just can't consider that a miss. But like you said, I think that there's definitely tears to it. So yeah, yeah John, Maya, Diana, those type of people, like that's that's a level of it own.
0: Yeah, I think
2: making the league and sticking and playing more than one, two, or three in the WNBA playing a year is you know, uh, incredible in itself, so I look at it that way
1: I think when it, it comes to it, like it's also like college, how they how successful they were in college as well, I'm like we'll touch on this, there's some guys that I feel like I missed on that I thought were going to have better college careers mm. you know, than they did, <laughs> right or they were going to have a more successful college career right off the bat more so than what they did So it's like if you, I think once you get past a certain number in the rankings, if they become a pro, regardless if it's two or three years, it doesn't matter, right? But that's when that's kind of what I mean by tears. Like some guys I missed on because they had really successful college careers that I missed on. Like I didn't think that would happen. Some guys I felt that were ranked high that I thought could potentially be pros, maybe a couple multi-year college guy but they're still in college and they're they're maybe just now figuring it out or they're not figuring it out. You know what I mean? Like I think misses and misses are like, it's fluid. Like it's just, it's multiple, it's multiple layers to
2: that. Okay. So I want to ask you guys, let's just get into it some of the reasons why Um, Ronnie, give me, you know, your top three reasons why a prospect may be a miss. Okay. Yeah. You know, uh,
0: just getting into it, um, again, like we said, there's a lot of layers, a lot of things we can, we can talk all day about it, but just getting straight to the nitty gritty, uh, you know, doing scouting reports and uh, following this, uh, number one, I think is, and again, you guys can help me here. Maybe, um, I just call it entitlement, but some may call it a lack of self-awareness. Maybe there's a better term. Some, um, so some kids have this very young and, and are focused and driven, and but I don't think we can expect every kid to be really, you know, yeah. if a kid wants to be good at basketball, but he's not focused and driven uh, that it's OK. You know, I don't think it's the end mm-hmm. of the world, but I think with uh, just the pressures and expectation, it becomes because sometimes people want it, um, you know, more than 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 the kid does. So basically. Yeah. And I don't know how this is true in other sports. Maybe it's true a little bit in Pop Warner football. I don't see it as much in Pop Warner football. Definitely don't see it in baseball because I love baseball. I just don't go to baseball games as, as I'd like or baseball events. But, like, basically you can't tell who's going to be the greats in football, in, in in baseball and other sports right away. Mm. You Team sports. You can in basketball. So what does that create? It creates people – treating those kids differently. And we, we can say it doesn't, but they do, you know what I mean? At all the events. And, and I think kids are smart enough to see that. So when that happens, um, they, I think some kids can start cutting corners. They get away with things. It becomes an easy to be a bit complacent compared to the player who's not as highly ranked and, and maybe a little bit more hungry. And I know we've talked about those type of players many, many, many times. So that would be my number one thing. Uh, do you guys think there's a better term for it? I could just call it entitlement. Maybe that's not a great term. Is there something that's better to for that? What I just explained, is there a better term?
2: I, I think you made the mention of like self-awareness. And I think when you're dealing with kids, it's the people that are surrounding these kids that give these kids you know, this sense of entitlement. I don't think it's so much sometimes it's the kid, it's the people around them saying, you're so great. You're so great. You're so great. Instead of saying, yo, you got to keep working hard. You got to do this. You got to do that. So I think it really develops, you know, from your circle. Like when you just have a lot of people, like you said, kids that are really talented get treated differently. So when you're, when you're constantly treating these kids, like they are LeBron, And telling them they're the next best thing to LeBron, you know how we love to say, "Oh, he's the next KD, he's the next LeBron." Like, so if I'm a kid and somebody's telling you that, well, you know, how do you expect me to react? Right.
0: Yeah, it becomes nauseating. It becomes a a euphoria. It's like a high, constantly. So, yeah, I I think maybe there's not a specific term, but you're right. It's it's more the other people, which leads to my second point. Um, My second point is. They don't fix their weaknesses. So back to your mm-hmm. point, Chelsea. It's uh you're surrounded by people that know you're a good player, are good for your age, whether it's 15, 13, 17, and they will benefit if you make it. And when we Absolutely. say benefit, we're meaning make it to the NBA. And we know nowadays in the last 20 years, that's an insane amount of money.
2: Mm-hmm. Right.
0: Yeah, especially, right. especially in the last 20 years, I would say, well, you know, 25 years. That that that's a lot, a lot of money. It ain't just like Oh, Dr. J is making 150000 this year or, you know, uh, you know, Phil Ford is making 400000 No, it's like ridiculous amount of money. So, yeah, people know that. They can benefit from it. So uh, they're either scared, in my opinion, to critique or they become blinded. They become part of that. What you're saying, Chelsea, they, they, they become part of that. Um, they can't tell what any more like you said, with the constant praise, what needs to be done or what needs to be worked on. So my second point is they don't fix the weaknesses. Um, I see players in the, in the NBA and they do the same shit that they did when they were 15, but they're good enough to make it. You know, they either have the size, they have the shooting, the athleticism, but there's still that. And I, sometimes it does frustrate me. I'm like, dude is still lacking, uh, you know, a mid-range game. Or dude's still lacking a left-hand, uh, I mean, I don't mean to pick on them, but I just thought about this right now because I'm not picking I'm on Jalen Brown. Everybody's talking about Jalen Brown all day on Twitter. He's making all that money. You're like, mm-hmm. he still can't go left. He still can't dribble. left. People are talking yeah. about it. so um, but again, Jalen Brown has is six eight. He covers ground, yeah. he's athletic. So not everybody's six eight. So when you have weaknesses that we're talking about and you're six one or six two, it's gonna catch up to you. So yeah. um they don't fix their weaknesses. Uh I can Give some examples, but instead of doing that, I can take that back. Let's go to let's go to point three just to keep it moving. Um, the little league parents, parents, and money. It's oh we kind of touched on that a little bit with the insane amount of money, the handlers on the entitlement. You know, recently a political talk show host talked about uh there's more kids playing Little League and AEU than there are that have summer jobs. So yeah. I would say even before me, uh, 70s, 60s, like summer jobs were kind of a part of a kid's staple, whether right. it was a paper route or, yeah. hey, you know, you get up, you go to a summer job, like kids don't have summer jobs no mm-hmm. more. Mm-hmm. They, even if their parents don't have a lot of money, they don't have summer jobs. Like back then kids, parents had money and they still had summer jobs. So it taught them maybe a little bit of punctuality, uh, routine. So now it's like, it's the other way. The parents are spending quite a bit of money on for kids to play basketball and do other sports. Basketball is becoming expensive really quick in the last like 10 or 15 years, in my opinion. It's like really expensive, whether it's the parking fees we talk about, parking entry fee at the door, the team entry fees are high. Um, kids basically pay to play, they're not playing for free. Right. So uh, I will say, myself again, Ani, you can use your own. Uh, testimony in chelsea you can too is my parents didn't really spend shit for me to play sports they bought me a glove they might have bought me a basketball they're like all right dude you're gonna go to the park you're gonna go to the school like it cost my parents nothing for me to play sports really um not too much so what did that do it probably brought their stress level down we talk about fights in the gym we talk about um hitting referees to me, all that is based on the stress level of everybody involved. Right. The refs don't feel they're getting paid enough. The tournament director has to pay the ref. The parents are pissed because they're paying yin yang out of the money. And then they have to pay the parking fee. They're already pissed because they got to pay the coach the entry, you know, like to for the kids to play. So I, I just think when that happens, um, that leads to even more burnout and unhappy young people playing. You're supposed to be happy when you're playing sports i see a lot of kids that are not happy uh just in the gym i noticed in the last 10 years i see people that their stress levels are very high we haven't really had an episode about that but that that we've talked about it many on many episodes and little tidbits and i think that's the reason why so i think it's the uh the parents who have uh unrealistic views Mm -hmm. because it becomes justified they're saying chelsea I'm spending thousands of dollars on you playing basketball. You better get in that gym. You better keep practicing. And you're like, dad or mom, I'm not feeling good today. I don't care. We spent $3,000. Or maybe they don't have to say that. It's just implied. Like, yo, my parents are really supporting me. They're pushing me. I need to do this. And then it leads to burnout, leads to injuries, other quick things. So those are the three main things I would say to wrap it up is um, the lack of self-awareness or entitlement. Uh, not working on your weaknesses. And then that's just the overall stress of the money and the parents.
2: Well, I agree with all of your points, Ronnie, but specifically the last one about the parents, I think I have a very, I agree with a lot of the points that you made. Uh, Me coaching AAU these last couple of summers has totally opened my eyes to how these parents are. And when you talk about this lack of self-awareness of the kids, the parents are the most delusional people around. And I can tell you that firsthand. Yeah. Paying money does not mean that your kid has to play. Yeah. Like I, I understand, but when you get to a certain point, like you know, I we I I coach on a competitive travel ball team. Yeah. We tell the parents all the time, basketball is not equal opportunity. Sure. Your kid is going to get a chance, but as we're preparing your kid for the next level, when they go yeah. to college or whatever, everybody doesn't get to play just because they have a scholarship. Sure. It doesn't mm-hmm. work like that. So. I think you made an excellent point about the parents. I think that that would probably be at the top of my list because it, 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 it leads to so many other things. You just talk about burnout and kids that don't really want to play. And, you know, that's why these kids have the mentality that they do because, you know, like you said, when we were kids, my parents aren't paying a whole bunch of money, get out there, go work on your game. And and it wasn't even a forced thing. We were out there because we wanted to be, you know, so, so that's just the huge difference. So I think you made some excellent points. Um, Ani, I'm curious to know, do you have anything to add? I mean, I'm sure you agree with most of the stuff that's been saying, but what, what do you feel you can add and why uh, prospects miss?
1: Yeah, no, uh, Ronnie had a really good had really good three points. For me, it's really that mental makeup. Um, I think, like, I do a lot of interviews, right? Yeah. I, I talk to a lot of kids. And it really, it's it's for me to get to know them. Right, but like a lot of them, you know, I'll ask questions like, Hey, what's your, you know, how many times a day do you work out? Right, or y'all ask around, kind of figure it out. Some of these guys that are really good, uh, right now, maybe they're rising seniors or they're rising juniors, or whatever. Every time you see them kind of pan out, it's usually because, uh, like if they max out early or they just don't really progress, it's usually like maybe physically they were so much farther advanced than their t- their peers, right? Yeah. Like you know, body, sophomores, body-wise. right? Body-wise, yeah. athletically, whatever. Yeah. Um, And they just really developed the skill set. Why is that, right? Like, how much work do they put into the skill? Along, along the lines of that, like, are they working out in the right right things, <laughs> you know, doing the right things? Like, people can go a long ways, but they can go the wrong way, right? Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of those things occur, like, how much are they working out? Are they willing to work out and then it kind of goes to Ronnie's point about who's in their circle. I think it's very important to have a tight circle. Um people that don't have tight circles that have a lot of people around, you know, what's going to happen is that you're going to have like advice, like one person says this, the other person contra- is contradicting the other person, right? Yeah. Um and then also what happens when you don't have a when you don't have a small circle, not everyone agrees because someone's trying to get into that kid's ear in regards to, hey, listen to me, don't listen to them. Then it kind of gets into this war within kids, right? Like, like, okay, do I listen to him? Do I listen to him? And they're all in that circle. So that's why it's good to have a tight circle because everyone can at least agree on. And then if someone's trying to go outside of what everyone else is in, then you kick them out. So I think you, a lot of the misses that you see is because guys don't have tight circles or they keep people in that For too long, (laughs) right, Mm -hmm. and and that kid is getting contradicting advice, and it hurts. Um, For me, I would say a third one is like too many trainers. Oh my god! Like I would say, like kids have some. There are some players that have four or five trainers, Mm -hmm. or going to so many dudes, (laughs) and it's (laughs) like why, like why? (laughs) You know what (laughs) I'm saying? Like that dude, like go. One, to me, the most, too, I think have a skills trainer, have a strength and conditioning trainer and have your circle of guys that you listen to, your people yeah. you listen to with your parents or whatever, like whatever it is. Right. I think that's just the easiest thing to do. But guys go to like I go to here on Monday and Wednesdays. I go to here on Tuesday, and Thursdays. On Fridays, I go to uh, Tyler Ruff and I'm not even trying to go at Tyler Ruff. It's just like, OK, like yeah. you, going to Tyler Ruff once a week, <laughs> like isn't enough. Like if you're going to just rock with Ralph, rock with him. You're going to, you know what I mean? Like guys go to so many trainers and they're working on different things. And it's like, go to someone you rely on, go to someone that can work on these things, go to a strength and conditioning trainer that can help you get stronger and build like, and help you play 25 plus minutes a night. Right. But guys go to so many trainers. I mean, I seen big man go to guard trainers. You know what I'm saying? Like, like
0: what, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Let me ask you, Ani, real quick. Cause I'm not, we, we should probably do an episode on trainers. I know some trainers have asked me to come on the show, which would be good. You know, there's some be some positives and, and some things we can critique, but what is it socially about them? I'm missing the point boat here. Like, uh, I get putting some social media stuff on, on uh, out there on your workout, but what, why is it that people go to so many trainers? Is it the socialization? Like it, it reinforces your what you got going on, or like, or is it just another way to like? Uh, there's a status involved in that, or is like, do they really feel they're just getting better? Because they're obviously paying. To me, it's just like you're just paying another dude. It's just another well, bill. It's, it's a lot of
1: things, right? Like, yeah, yeah. you some people go to trainers because it's free. Okay. Some people go to training because they're got they got film guys there. Some people go to training because they feel like they're getting better, right? Like it's all those it's all those things, and the I think the biggest thing is some people go to multiple trainers because they don't want to work out on their own. Oh, it's
0: like a motivational. It's not
1: like it's not like even I know I'm only thirty, but like when I was growing up, like when I was playing, like I worked on things like on my own, (laughs) you know, like we worked on, we went out and worked on our day. Like all of us here, we will work on things on our own. You see what I'm saying? Like these kids don't want to rebound their own shots. (laughs) and I'm not saying all of them, but like, there's more compared to what you say 12, 13 years ago. You see what I'm saying? So what's easier? I go to a trainer that I can put up shots, get filmed on and he's going to rebound when I miss it's, yeah. it's, it's a lot of that. It's, it's a lot of like want to be seen video, a little bit of laziness, <laughs> to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, and just not really just having that desire. Like how many. It's not a lot of guys that will get up in the morning, and work out on their own,
0: on their own. So that comes but, the yeah. driven part. Right. That we mm-hmm. talked about earlier, like the self-motivation. You got to want, you know, that could separate a player who makes it to who, who doesn't. Because he has, he could have similar accolades. They could be length, uh, good shooting, but uh, the guy doesn't, you know, doesn't put it together. Yeah, because sometimes you wonder why a why guy misses, you know. Why God, like, you're like, yeah, that guy was good. You know, what happens? It could just be that. I think one, one thing we didn't mention is that, again, maybe it's one of our, not one of our true factors. I know, Chelsea, you are like, the parents and the money and the pressure is a, a huge one. Like maybe we don't know their their makeup, like what really drives them money. That's sometimes guys miss. They just don't know what's inside, you know. Like, you don't know. Some kids really want it, others are like, yeah, they want it a little bit. They like it. Maybe they like you said, they like the social aspect, you know, the the accolades, they like the 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 people patting them on the back type of thing. So um yeah, I think those are all good points. I think those are all points people can can take something from now Chelsea to put you on the spot a little bit. Uh, let's talk about on the other side. Um, has that already infiltrated the girls game, the multiple trainers over training is that, are we seeing that on the girls? I don't see it as much online. Maybe I don't follow the right accounts, but is that already infiltrating the girls game? Is it, is it going to be a problem?
2: No, absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's right on brand with the men. Okay. And, you know, to some of the points that Ani made, I don't even know if this is a thing, but I'm going to say it is like there there is two. These kids have too many resources, like too many. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's too many trainers. There's too much film, too many highlight tapes, too many camps, too many like just everything. Okay. And, you know, you guys talked a lot about. The mental makeup. I want to talk about the physical makeup as well. And when I say physical makeup, these kids get more, there's more injuries amongst kids. Yeah. Like, like tearing ACL on it when I played in high school was unheard of. Right, right. It would right. be one kid in, in 20 high schools that had that injury. Yeah. These kids, ACL tears at 12 years old, like yeah. 14, that kind of stuff was totally unheard of. But I think it just goes into, just everything that we talked about. These kids don't play outside. Yeah. They don't ride bikes, <laughs> don't you know, ride. they're not drinking out the water hose. Like uh, no, this is stuff no. that we all came up on and it plays into the mental makeup, but just the physical makeup as well. Like I, I started tearing my knees when I got to college, when I started gaining weight, they're putting me on weight gain or whatever, but just I've seen so many kids and even kids in my program with just ACL tears that are 13. Right. So I, I just think these kids just from top to bottom have way too many resources just down the line from trainers to everything. And, and to another point that Ani made just about these kids not wanting to work on their own, that, that, that's an issue in itself because we did have to get up and, you know, decide that we want to play basketball. And we, it wasn't a forced thing. It wasn't a pressured thing. And, and, and that's why, you know, our generation is just a little bit different. Like nobody had to make me want to be a good basketball player, and I didn't have any of these resources, and I had a very long career because I just wanted it, you know. Right,
1: yeah. and I'll, I'll touch on this till we get to our, you know, our misses. But I do, I do feel that um, players, players, you're right on like having too many resources and playing too many games, right? Yeah. Like. Yeah. I mean, I, I run my little homeschool deal, but it's like when the guys get done in the summer, they're like, hey, coach, when are we practicing again? I'm like, oh, we'll take about a month off. Yeah. Like, you don't play like 60, 70 games, <laughs> right? <laughs> in between March and July. So it's yeah. like, okay, we're going to wait, practice a little bit here, practice a little bit there. We'll start playing a little bit in September and stuff. And, but like, these kids play so many games. Like, in a year, yeah. they'll play over 100 plus games. Yeah. Yeah you know, and then all, the, and that's not even including all the pressure that they get with all these things, so it's like, these these kids are tearing the ACL, like you said, Chelsea, because, like, they're playing so many games, like, they'll play seven yeah. games in a weekend, the next week, then I'll have three practices in AAU, then play another six, seven games, you know, yeah. like, there's a lot of games being played, and there's not a lot of rest time for them, it's not the adequate uh, amount of rest
0: for them. Yeah, just to touch up on that, then we'll we'll switch gears, and we'll talk about some of the applications of that, meaning the, you know, the misses and, and, and re-ranking uh, classes, that kind of thing. But uh, real quick, Chelsea and, and Ani, you know, like, and see we get your take on this. Like we talk about athletes and, and we, we were joking Chelsea a few days ago about girls dunking. I'm like, Chelsea, you see this girl 10th grade, she's just dunking like nothing, you know? And it's like, when I see players, again, I'm not speaking of the girls, I'm more speaking on the boys side. Is uh, they're athletic as it ever is before, meaning jumping. I, I see a little bit of robotic thing, maybe mimicking. Like, you know, once a player can dunk between the legs, like JR Ryder, now everybody feels they can do it. Now, all of, all the boys can <laughs> dunk between the legs, like what JR Ryder did is nothing now, nothing right? But it was a bad moment. They're like, dangling that he's Bay dunk he just did, you know. But um, that doesn't mean they're good athletes. Again, we can have a whole discussion, a whole topic on this to me. I see kids that are awkward, you know, uh, like you said, because they're focused on one sport. They don't take break. They don't go ride their bike. They don't skateboard. They don't play baseball. They definitely don't play baseball. The kids right. don't have no clue how to play baseball. Like it's just they don't even know how to hold a ba- baseball and throw it. So it's like we're getting. Sometimes I think we're getting away from what like a truly is a great athlete. Like he can play football. He can pick up and play a little bit of that. Even a little bit of volleyball. Like. Um, so we see kids that are, man, they are jumping, they're athletic in mm-hmm. that turns, but I don't think they're great athletes. Maybe you guys have a different opinion. And then another thing is that I'll just say this, a kid in the NBA. There's a kid in the NBA right now. I played with him outdoors about eight years ago.
2: Yeah. We
0: played outdoors. He was exhausted after like 45 minutes. I'm like, dude, you're out of shape. It's <laughs> hot. It was hot. We're like, no, I'm like. Come on, like I'm a 40 year old dude. What do you, he he's like, bro? I need some water. He like he said, he's just not used to it. Like mm-hmm. he's in the NBA now, so there's no problem. He's in the NBA, but like we were playing a little bit, and he's just like they retired. I was like, hey, we, we really stop looking around. Like Man, it's only like 95 degrees. What's the big deal? So I, I don't know. Like it goes to your guy's point, but do you think the notion of athlete is like not correct, or do you think no? Just they're just getting better and better at what they do.
2: I think the evolution of just genetics have these kids like running and jumping faster than we could have ever thought of. So I don't want to say that they're not good athletes. I, on on the other hand, think these kids are excellent athletes and not really great players. Right. I I think that's really the difference. Like these kids can run and jump like crazy. But the skill sets, we had to rely more on skill because genetically we just weren't as gifted as some of these kids. And I think that besides that, I think a lot of these kids have the athleticism or the speed and the jumping, but they don't have the coordination. I was was teasing, you know, uh, one of my players about this the other day. I say, yeah, you're so goofy because you didn't play soccer. All kids need to play soccer. When they're right. young, it is hand, yeah. foot coordination. And yeah. even if you don't want to become a soccer player, it, it, it is, it, it's a life skill that kids develop early on just from running around and kicking a ball. Yeah. So, you know, I always tease some of my players all the time yeah, you can't walk and chew gum. But if I ask you to jump up there and slap the backboard, then you can do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. so, I do think that these kids are great athletes, but I think that's more genetics and evolution and things just kind of over time just, you know, get better. But I don't think that this generation at all is better skill set wise and just, you know, hand eye coordination and the ability to, you know, just do all things. And I think that speaks to what you were saying, like, Ronnie, when we were kids, we played soccer, baseball, football. Everybody played everything. And yeah, you were right. on the sport that you were good at. I used to skateboard. I used to pogo stick. I used whatever we were playing. I'm playing it. You're Even playing. though I ended up being a basketball player, and these kids just don't do that anymore. So that's what I think the biggest difference is. Oh no, what do you think, Ani?
1: Uh same thing. I I mean I was a soccer player until I was 14 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh that really was like my first love. I mean, obviously I come from a Nigerian <laughs> family, so you 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 play you playing you playing soccer. Um, so yeah, I I think not really playing in other sports trying other things that develop hand eye coordination is 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 an issue. I there's a lot of times like in my articles on ballslife.com it's like I talk about like this player, like how he's trying to like grow into his skill set, right? Like really good athlete, can do a lot of things. I think he's versatile as a defender, has some capabilities of being a switchable defender, but maybe his motor and his instincts aren't there yet. Yeah. Uh and offensively I'm kind of like, oh so I like how he's you know developing a jumper or whatever um or just you know his coordination. I agree with you it does come start off from the youth. A lot of these guys don't play other sports uh that really help with those things or it's really develop the athlete then we'll get the basketball part later. Uh mm-hmm. we'll get the feel and stuff later. So you, you it's, it's it's those things there are what I mean there's guys that do some things athletically. I I mean I'm like you said like yeah. I'm like holy holy yeah. shit. But like. like yeah. And from a feel and skill standpoint where it's like, OK, <laughs> you know, yeah. you can't make that read because you don't see it because you've always played off your athleticism. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't play off two feet because you're you're not coordinated. So you can only play off one. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, a lot of the which, you know, then goes to the injuries and stuff like that. So I, I agree with you there. Like I played soccer till I was 14. So what making basketball full time was nothing.
0: Yeah, yeah. I wish I played a little bit more soccer. I played, I liked it, but I didn't, you know, as I, I just wanted to play uh more basketball. And I was like, man, let me play basketball. It just seemed fun. <laughs> I wish <laughs> I played a little more soccer, like realistically, because there's a lot of good soccer. Man, soccer's like taking over the parks where I grew up at. There's probably nobody playing uh baseball that much. It's just soccer, you know, you know like right. you know, soccer. So that's that's awesome to see. But uh we'll switch gears here as we talked about. Uh, you know, the, the the factors into players missing. We'll actually talk about some of these players now, and you know, we'll, we'll kind of give like ourselves a final exam on some of this stuff. And, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very interesting to apply it now to the actual players. So, you know, uh, with that being said, Chelsea, what is it out there that, you know, you kind of want to get from me and Ani in terms of like, okay, we talked about the reasons. Now, what do we want to talk about? Like, applying it to players and applying it to like real life people. Yeah. I
2: think you guys gave an excellent breakdown of just, you know, what goes into why a prospect, you know, turns out to be great or not great. You know, Uh, you guys really just gave the top factors that kick in, but I'm just curious to know who you guys, you felt like was a miss. Like I want to hear from both of you guys, your top three, biggest misses uh based on you know the properties that we talked about the things that we talked about i want to hear your guys top three and i'll start with you ronnie um just you know give me your first guy first guy that you think of that that was a miss somebody that you thought probably was should have been better or you know
0: no doubt i'll go from reverse order to to the top guy uh okay so three to one so josh mcroberts 2005 class Mm. out of indiana he was ranked fourth by Gibbons, uh, number two by my buddy Clark in the Hoop Scoop. Again, this is a little bit before Rivals and Two Four Seven. and all those were really big. Um, God, I just thought he was really skilled and smooth. Um, but things just kind of got worse for him. Uh, I thought even if he wasn't the greatest athlete, I was like, man, he could put the ball in the hole. He plays on a great travel team. He's smart, um, which I didn't really know is that. He probably, okay, he was in the last class that you can go straight from high school to the pro. So it's 2005. Okay. So it was like Mana Alice, Amir Johnson, that group. And he decided to go to Duke. And he probably would have got drafted. Then he he probably would have got drafted the next year in 2006. I, I just thought he'd be more of a contributor, but he didn't improve that much. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I found out later, and even recently I didn't really know, but he he had back surgery mm-hmm. after his – freshman year at duke so i'm like why didn't he go pro then if he had a bad back because i'm thinking again chelsea if you say i have a hurt knee or like i think it could recover like you use terry race i think it could recover when you say you have a bad back that just seems to me like one of those things where nobody can predict it it's just like it it could be degenerate bad you never recover so i'm just Mm -hmm. when he had a bad back i'm like wow so i just thought he'd be better uh, I guess the moral of the story there is that health matters and and keeping in tip-top shape. And then go when you're hot. Like, if, if people think you're top two, three prospect, go. You know, go to, like, <laughs> you, know, like if
2: you didn't
0: finish your career at Duke anyway. It's not like you got your degree in two years, so like, go. So then that that would be my thing there. My number two guy, again, Chelsea, you might have a different view on this. Again, it's all perspective, is 2010 Pinecrest. Hi, Brandon Knight. Uh, number three by Hoop Scoop, five by Gibbons. Uh, he was behind universally Jared, J- Jared Sullinger and Harrison Barnes. Regardless mm-hmm. of whether you like Harrison or Jared, Jared or Harrison, He's he behind was behind him. those guys, yeah. right? So he could be three. I would have him three. Um, Brandon, uh, he was a Gatorade National Player of the Year twice. Great student, great player. Uh, I just thought he was so polished, especially young. Maybe I overlooked the fact that he wasn't very big and physical. Yeah. And he's not a true point guard. Um, again, when you're six, three, are you big enough? Do you defend good enough? So, uh, when I saw him in the pros, whether it's the Pistons and he had a good rookie year, I mean, he was good. I looked up his statistics before we got on. He was good at Kentucky. Pretty good. Yeah. But Maybe it's the expectation, you know. Um, you when you get he was so good in ninth grade. I mean, smooth I was like, this guy's an NBA player. I'm like, wow, he's really good. But that's ninth grade. And I guess the moral there is you gotta continue to get better at each stage. So again, when you're twelfth grade, you get viewed differently. When you're a college player, you get viewed differently. And in the pros, everybody's good at six three. So um he was great. You know, was he as great for a 12th grader as I thought maybe a ninth and 10th grader? Maybe I didn't take that into consideration. Like you said, Ani, when you look good young, it's like you got to keep progressing. Yeah, he looks pretty good. Maybe I think, Chelsea, you, I would say that you would think he's pretty good. But at 6'3", there's a lot of good guys. It, it, and when I saw him in NBA games, he just looked like another guy. I didn't think he was just going to be another. I thought he was going to be really good. So Yeah. That- my number two guy. Go on, jump in there, Chelsea. Okay. I, think,
2: well, I just think sometimes just yeah. you guys as evaluators maybe can speak to this because I'm just going to speak to it as a casual fan. Sometimes we're just a prisoner of the moment. Okay. And yeah. sometimes what we enjoy in that moment does not translate to the next level. And I see that all the time. Great high school player, yeah. not good college player. Great college player, not good NBA player. Right, right. So I think Brandon Knight, you know, making it to the NBA, you know, playing some very solid years That's nice um, year. yeah. is good enough, especially being 6'3", because when you're small, you have to be spectacular. Yeah. And, you know, maybe he was spectacular as a ninth grader, but sometimes, you know, you peak or sometimes people just catch up to you. That's why I am not a fan of ranking kids when they're really young. Sure. I'm not a fan of you know of any of that. There's some rankings right now, top fifth grader. Like like what? What? what
0: Yeah. Fifth grade. Yeah, yeah. So Brandon like, was a like, yeah, that's too much. Yeah. yeah. And Brandon was like our ninth grade national player of the year, all that yeah. great student, two-time Gatorade player of the year. It's like, wow, I'm like Brandon. And so, you know, he had a pretty good career. I mean, no doubt yeah. about it. Maybe he wasn't a wow all-star, but he's pretty good. So that's just like you said, perspective and you got to give it some perspective, but I I thought he'd be a little better. So now my number one guy, more recent again, uh, ranked number one by rivals and scout number two by ESPN behind, um, Harry Giles, two sixteen, Josh Jackson.
2: Uh,
0: he looked like an alpha player to me. He moved like one, acted like one. He was super explosive. He looked like an NBA player at various uh, events. I went to in high school. Um, Again, he went from second-team all-rookie, which maybe is just a little disappointing on where he got drafted. I don't know. Still second-team all-rookie is not bad. That was what, 217, two, two 218? Two so now yeah. in 223, he's getting weighed by a G League team. So I'm like, oh, boy, you know, where's the decline there? What happened? So uh, I would say one thing, and I think, uh, Chelsea, you've mentioned this on various – various topics is the league is really hard to stick really you yeah. have to be really that good you have to be a professional um if you don't get better you don't work there's only so many gifted so if you if you start messing up and again we hear things about Josh he got arrested yeah uh he got cut maybe his attitudes he has other things going on unless you're Allen Iverson or Shaq or wilt like you can't afford that you know what I mean yeah. like no, you know you just can't afford that if you're if the coach don't like you or you have an incident off the court it's gonna affect you so uh you know, the more another moral there is a maybe again he, he kind of carried himself like a number one type of guy when he was young. He walked into a gym, people knew who he is, and and, and in the NBA he doesn't have that mojo. And I don't think Brandon yeah. and I did either. He's just another guy. So yeah, maybe Chelsea, you can talk to this and maybe we should do a shorts on about this, about like losing your confidence. And maybe there's a girl player, you're like, Man, Ronnie, when she was in the 10th to left grade, she could do no wrong. But when college in, in the WNBA She's just another girl. So I, he just, you know, sometimes when you lose your confidence or that swagger, you just don't get it back. And I, I don't see Brandon, I'm sorry. I don't see Josh getting it back. So those are my things. I, I,
2: I agree with just the yeah. point about losing confidence and also to like some of these kids, like they're just being set up. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I think of like Anthony Bennett, for example, yeah. and I'm going to use him because he's fresh in my mind. Anthony Bennett had no business being a number one pick, yeah. but he was a number one pick which means the expectations, the pressure, you know, is tremendous. And I truly believe this, and, you know, maybe I'm not right. If Anthony Bennett would have been a late first-round pick, he would have stuck in the NBA. Yeah. I think he would have been a very formidable, solid role player. You know, like, I, I believe that. But because he went number one, you know, there's so many things that go into Everything just, just being a player and being successful. And and I think that maybe Josh Jackson w- was – you know, he he was a, a similar case. Like you can very much be an alpha in college and it not translate to the NBA. The yeah. NBA is very much about getting in where you fit in, and, unless you're a guy, unless you're Shaq or Will, or I presented all these people that you named. But yeah. like, like, you know, t- we talked about earlier on the show, there's going to be way more role players than there's going to be superstars. Yeah. So if you can't find a role, no matter what you did in high school or college, you're not going to be, you're not going to have a long lasting career as a pro. And, and, and I know that, and I just believe that. So that's yeah. it. But Ani, let's get to your, your three biggest misses. Um Who would, who would you put on your list you yeah, so, three or one, whatever. You so for me, first?
1: like Zaire Smith, uh probably like a, from Garland Lakeview Centennial really blew up going mm. to a senior year. Yeah. Um, You know, I, would, I couldn't tell you that he was going to be a one-and-done, right? Yeah, did, did did his NBA career go as planned? No, but I would not have told you he's an NBA player, <laughs> right? You know what I mean? So, like, Zaire being a one-and-done at Texas Tech, he went to the right school. Uh, I think that's also part of the where you miss is the kids going to the wrong school or going to the wrong coach in the system. We didn't really touch on that, but, you know, I think that's also a big part of it as well. Uh, but Zaire, you know, really athletic fantastic human being and kid, uh really good work ethic, just developed later. Um, him going to Texas Tech, being a one and done and being drafted. I think he was 16th overall. That was something. Yeah. I missed on that. Like I, I thought really like mid mid plus level player has a high major chance. Obviously high major athlete, probably better off going to a mid major and hooping. Yeah. Did you think that he was going to be high major, play right away and, and contribute the way he did? No, I, I I missed on that, and I missed on just knowing the kid more in his work ethic and seeing that he figured it out later um, yeah. that I may not have missed on as bad. Now, I don't think I would ever have said he's a one-and-done NBA player, but I would have probably now me, like this was me 25 years old compared to, you know, like 30, 31, like yeah. probably could have seen that maybe he makes it to the NBA at some point or he's a really good college player. Uh, second for me is Will Baker. Um, he's at uh, LSU, I think, right now. Seven-foot, lefty, really skilled. I remember at one point I had him higher than Will uh, than Drew Timmy. Uh, I think in the national rankings he was ranked 35th by 24-7. Will, Drew Timmy was ranked 43rd. Obviously, Drew Timmy's had a way better career than he has. Yeah. Um, skilled, lefty, shoot it, had a lot of physical tools and to skill tools. Um, uh, I knew Drew was better than him. Junior year summer, where he got like thirty and fifteen on him, and Will had like twelve. I knew Drew was better than him then, right?
0: Sure.
1: Um, uh, still thought Will, from a long term perspective, would be better because of those things I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, but from the mental scope. And he had a good year at Nevada. Like, you know, he I think he averaged like 13 and 5. I think he's going to do good at LSU this year. Um, I thought he was one of those guys that would do a few years in college and go pro. Um, And I missed on that because I really didn't know that mentally he wasn't nowhere near close there yet. Um, And that's part of, like, where I am today as a scout compared to previously i tried to get to know the kid more <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah. not that it's just like i want to know if you you know you're gonna be a pro or not but like i want to get to know the kid and the work at this so it helps me with my projections better i project better now than i did at 24 25 um but i didn't really know those things about will till later and i'm like oh yeah like i missed because like i didn't do enough for you um, so Will Baker and, but he's still gonna have a good, you know, he's finished out his college career strong. I just thought he would be like a two and done, you know, to be honest with you. Uh, third, I think I had, uh, Jonathan Aku. So Jonathan Aku <clears throat> was a kid that kind of blew up on the scenes. He was, came from a prep school master's. Massachusetts or anywhere up somewhere up north came down here was really good was a top 100 player actually did good for that NBA top 100 camp he was a two I think he's he class up he he's considered two uh 19 yeah. uh but did really good in that NBA top 100 camp so I thought like I didn't think he pro I thought really like went to Buzz williams at Texas AM um kind of felt that he was going to have a really good college career um thought he would be someone by second year is going to be a starter for A&M thought he was going to have like a really good career uh, right now. is that grant gr- uh, grambling. But again, it's just like knowing where that kid was at from a mental standpoint. Right. Um, and knowing that, you know, he had to maybe he, he didn't choose the right school <laughs> right for him. Maybe he, like, you know, there's a lot of things with that, but that kid from a mental standpoint, he wasn't ready for the sec <laughs> in the reality, that's why I'm so big on from the mental standpoint, as far as like where we miss is that knowing that kid. And I was like, Oh yeah. Like it wasn't going to work out. I I think he's going to finish college. Well, but I thought he was going to be an sec starter. So Mm -hmm. I missed on that. (laughs) Right. So uh, that's, those are my three guys that I just really missed on.
2: Well, I I think the difficulty, because you guys are naming a whole bunch of players and I totally agree, like just about the process, but You know, you mentioned Drew Timmy, um, Ani, who is another guy that we could just talk about. He shined in college. He shined for Gonzaga. Time to become a pro. He goes undrafted. He, you know, gets a a summer league opportunity with with Milwaukee. I think he signed like an exhibit 10 or a two-way deal. But it's like, that just goes to show you, sometimes it just doesn't translate. So I think you guys have just a really difficult job as scouts and evaluators because you're watching your eyes you're, or, you're, you know, you're believing what your eyes tell you. And in that moment, you could be right. But then as a person is going to go to the next level, like you see with Drew Timmy, who very well, you know, can find his way with Milwaukee, maybe stick in the league and have a formidable career. So I'm not downplaying it, but I'm just going to show you a high level college player, which you have to consider him high level for what he yeah. was able to oh, wow. do. It is not a surefire pro. Right now, he is going to get an opportunity and he's scratching the surface and trying to get in. So, you know, I I think you guys just have a really difficult job um, evaluating and breaking down guys. And, And I think that there's just always going to be you know, times where you where you miss, whether it's because you don't have the, you know, right information or maybe what you're seeing from this guy in this moment isn't what you're gonna see at the next level, uh, next level and and so on and so on. So I
1: yeah. I think I think you miss every year. Like I think scouts miss every year. Um people scouts don't want to admit that because like to us coaches and we have a scouting service or whatever or for the public, you don't want to admit that you miss. We all miss every year, <laughs> like you miss to a certain degree every year. And I was like, just because I missed on a kid doesn't make me a bad evaluator.
2: Oh, and, right. I, and I
1: and I think from and Ronnie, you can attest to this. Like, I think <laughs> where people are so prideful law it's is like, oh, yeah. I didn't miss on this kid, but I'm like, yes, you did. Like, we didn't think <laughs> this, <laughs> yeah. and it's okay. Like,
0: yeah, it's something look- that you don't want to miss where it's just become like. reason why people remember you i think that's you know that's what happens you know there's a famous one that has nothing to do with what we're talking about but Mel Kuyper jr became famous in the nfl draft like and he's been on the nfl draft for now what 30 35 years 40 years is because of the 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 guy from the indianapolis colts goes we're going to draft marshall falk and they're like well you drafting marshall falk that's why the colts suck you need to take this quarterback, and he's like, "Who the hell's Miles Kiper Jr.?" You know, and it, it became a famous punchline. So right. to your point, you just right. you miss all the time. Well, like, but you don't want to miss on like Scalabassier versus Benson, right? Because you're going to remember that, right? Know? Like,
1: we evaluate a thousand kids. If I'm wrong on five,
0: yeah, like <laughs> okay. you know, what I'm saying like it's it's okay. Yeah, but it's I agree you with you. From it, and like you said, become better and better. And, mm-hmm. and 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 learn that's where the stubbornness comes in you know what i mean because uh yeah i like to uh when it comes to that like you know yeah you you miss it or you you get it right but you want to like fix it and then some people be they never they keep missing on the same thing over and over because yeah. they're a little stubborn or like they right. don't want to admit it and, and and that's part of just part of it. Uh, Boy, we could talk about this for a long time. We've been going for about an hour, so we appreciate everybody tuning in. I think we're going to jump on the in the pain overtime in Any World, where we rank a class that we like. You know, talk a little bit of, about it, a little bit more about that, go back and forth because uh, this is a great topic. Uh, there's a lot of points. Hope so you guys got them. You know, we kind of did our scouting report, you know, segment in, in, in our hot takes and in a final exam is on these players. I. And to Chelsea's fight, I don't think we failed it. Like I don't think you sit there and say, "Oh, Brandon Knight's like a bad player." He averaged like 19 points in the NBA for yeah, one season. It was. like, yeah, but when you're looking at, like you said, the expectations is so so high. To put your point at Anthony Bennett, um, you know, I'm with you. If he'd have been the eighth pick, or the tenth pick, or mm-hmm. the 14th pick, I, his whole demeanor would be different. People would look view him in a different light. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know. Ani, give us your final thought, and Chelsea, give us your final thought, and we'll wrap up here, just about, like, evaluation misses and what we talked about.
1: Yeah, I, I just think at the end of the day, it's all about evolving and growing, right? Like, it's learning from our misses. It's learning from our our, our rights, <laughs> you know, for us being right. I, I, I think that's a big thing. And um, um, I just always encourage, like, people, or the parents, when they always ask for my advice, you know, keep that keep that tight circle. uh, Become the player. You know, at the end of the day, you got to become the player. You can only trick the game for so long, right? Like, you can have people that say he's this and that and whatever, whatever, and at the end of the day, like, it's all going to show if he is that or not, right? And that's my big thing is just, like, you know, you can only trick it for so long. If it's all about trying to trick it, yeah. you know, yeah. the reality comes out. So I just think from an evaluator standpoint, it's always learning every year, Um, and I think from – uh parent to a player even if he's a pro or not a pro or a division three or whatever it's all about just keeping it consistent and making him the best for him or her the best version of themselves
2: yeah honey mm-hmm. i think that's great advice i'm gonna take a, a retired player standpoint um as someone who's just been evaluated and you know been around you guys and watched you guys do your thing um it's a super difficult job And I would just say as a player to never get too high, never get too low. And you put in the work and you live with the results. And and I'm a firm believer of that because I think that there's just so many factors and we talked about a lot of them today that just come into play that maybe you can or cannot control. Right. Um, So, you know, when you get to those moments, all you can do is rely on the work that you did. And if you did the work, hopefully good things become of it. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't, but you will be way more confident living with the results if, you know, you did what you were supposed to do.
0: Yeah. that's Period. Point. And as we close out, I'll just add one is, you know, get some advice from somebody who won't benefit in you if you make it and who won't be hurt if you don't. Because sometimes, you know, those things can can cloud people's judgments. But overall, yeah, you know, have fun with the game. Uh, hopefully people have fun when they listen to this pod. you know, you, you even parents, you know, I, like I said, when we go to the gym sometimes, Ani, we see people and they're just so stressed out. They're you know, like yeah. so the money involved. It just wasn't like that 20 years ago mm-hmm. as much. you know, it's I know everything in life is becoming more expensive, obviously, inflation, gas, housing, mm-hmm. everything we can talk about, but you know, we try to make yeah. try to make the game enjoyable. On that note, we're out of here on episode 167. We'll jump on the end of paint overtime and have a little bit of fun. Talk about uh, re-ranking some classes. Most people like to do the drafts, but we rank a class. And But for now, we're out of here. For Chelsea, Ani, and Ronnie, we'll talk to you guys soon. Bye, guys. Bye guys.